This is the EWN Podcast Network. If you're someone that feels like you have a lot to say, but either you're afraid to say it, or you just feel like you're not being heard, then meet Carrie MacArthur. Hi, I'm Carrie. If you have ever felt like you're invisible or that you want to be invisible, like you've lost touch with who you are, I just want you to know that I understand. I was there and I have spent the last six years of my life reconnecting to myself, my power, and my purpose. And now it is my passion to help you to dare to find your voice. Hello, everybody. I am here with Terry Cardula, who is a licensed professional counselor, and she's the author of a best selling book, Be the Magic of You Tools to Transform Your Life. And a foreword was written in that book by Jack Canfield, which is way cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, Terry, um, I want everyone to meet you and tell them more about you. But first, I'm going to take a little quick commercial break. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. I I love your bio and I'm as I read it I'm I'm finding that we have a lot in common and we've had a conversation before and I think yeah. it's it'll be fun to continue to get to know you because we've got a lot a lot of the same interests and it's a lot of fun yeah. but so you became a you've entered the counseling field in 1999 and you work with clients of all ages um it says that you are a transformational life strategist on top of a trauma therapist. You've just got a lot of credentials, a lot of things that you do. I'm really curious um, how you got started with all of that. You know, I um, I got started, honestly, I, I, I grew up in a small town. Um, and literally, I went to a 1A school in the middle of nowhere. And um, we had a career counselor, but we never had a like mental health counselor at our school. And so over the years, um, they realized that we were really lacking this, this need. And so what they did was they um, allowed six of us um, to apply for becoming a peer counselor. And wow. so when I was a sophomore in high school, I got introduced as a peer counselor. And what the neat thing was about it is they took us and they had us go to Washburn University and these other universities and trainings. And we would do like three, like all day in in depth intensive workshops, and then we had you know every six months we would be doing other workshops. And so I got so like interested in this field, and so then I became a peer counselor for um, the fifth and sixth grade classroom. And I just went over there for lunches. I would hang out. I'd say you know if you need anything, I'm here. And one day um, a fifth grader came to me and told me that her friend who was a sixth grader. What had confided in her that she was going to commit suicide that weekend. Her parents were going to be out of town, um, and she had a plan. Um, she had a babysitter coming in, and so she was going to commit suicide when the babysitter was there. And so I got to be a part of that process, and we obviously got her hooked up to the resources that she needed, and she was actually hospitalized. And from that day forward, I was like, this is what I want to do. And it was wow. the neatest experience, and not that neat that in the sense that she was trying to commit suicide, but right. That we, that we saved this person's life. And it was just like, I was like, 
right then and there, I was like, I think um, I'm, I'm in. Like, I, that's what I want to do. And so that's when I started pursuing uh, the counseling field. And it was interesting because I didn't, I didn't get the support um, from um, the career counselor at the school. Um, and it was really kind of an interesting thing. So I had to like find my own way. And so we actually had a traveling case social worker who would travel to all three um, of the um, three districts. And um, we, when I, we were a junior in high school, we were allowed to job shadow three professions. Um, professionals and then kind of decide what what, we, what direction we wanted to go and I always wanted to job shadow a, a counselor or a therapist or um, and the counselor just kept saying no like they didn't make enough money they didn't no 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 and um, so I ended up being resourceful and this traveling caseworker um, uh, or counselor I asked her I was like hey how do I get to see what you get to do and so she got approval through her principal and um, I got to spend the whole day there and I literally went from eight, you know, eight thirty in the morning till three thirty, and I'm just like, I'm in love with this. And then like that was like the icing on the cake for me. I was like, I'm I'm in it. So that's mm-hmm. when I started pursuing um, this degree and have never looked back. So I'm so that's, grateful for it. Yeah, wow, that's so incredible. And it's fun to hear you talk because um I always I teach that well, my my platform is helping women to find their voice and you know, a lot of women forget who they are as they, you know, grow up and become adults and moms and caregivers and things like that. And so um, part of my work is helping them to connect to their passion again from the inside. And as you're talking about how you came into your passion, I can see it coming from the inside. Like it lights you completely up. I can hear it in your voice and, you know, we've got video going on so I can see it in your eyes. So it, it does, it comes from the inside. And so have you ever, have you always been able to tap into that motivation and just keep going as opposed to if somebody had told you you're going to be a counselor or give us some more? You know what? I think that I have, um, I have just, I've, over the years, I've really kind of honed into that inner knowing and just trusted and listened to that. Mm-hmm. And ironically, even today, I was, I was getting a massage this morning and the massage therapist said, geez, like you just have this like you just go, go, go. And, you know, and I, and I was thinking about this and I'm like, you know what? I, my husband will say, Terry, you're the most tenacious, determined person I've ever met. And I just, I'm like, I just know where I'm heading. And I just, there's this like, almost like a, um, well, I, I, I just keep saying a knowingness, right. That I just keep moving forward with that. And, um, I don't know. I, I lost track of your question. You said, what, what was your question? Just is that, that passion, since it comes from the inside, obviously, is that what keeps you going? What is it that keeps you going? You know? Yeah. You know, I just, I have this fierce determination of what I, I know what I desire. I, I know I'm very clear. I'm actually teaching a class tomorrow about setting powerful intentions and manifesting with zest and, and, um, you know, when you're in that zone, I talk about zone of brilliance. And when you're in that zone of brilliance and you're just, you know, that this is your purpose. This is where, why you were created and why you are in this world taking up space. It is, things can fall into your life really easily. And so even when I was talking to my massage therapist, she's like, you're so tenacious and you're so, you go after the things. But I said, you know what? There's one that I feel like I've done a lot of work on myself to really clear out my head trash and clear out the things that have limited me in really creating that. And when I'm in the flow 
it feels really easy and things will fall into place really beautifully. And so I do feel like, you know, I just, I've, I've listened to my, my inner calling, if you will, or my inner being of like, this is where I'm heading towards. And so, and it excites me again, you know, I could, I could, I used to work, um, this went at one point in my in in my um, career i was working four different internship sites i was working a 40-hour work week and i had a private practice and so there were days i was working 80 plus hours a week and i was fueled up like i was like super excited now i wouldn't recommend that to people and i wouldn't recommend doing yeah. that for a long period of time but when you are in that place when you're in that zone of brilliance like it just it fuels you that's, that's the best way i can explain that it really does i I always compare it because this is the way I feel. I was one of those women who had disconnected from my passion for a bit, kind of forgotten who I was and what I loved to do. And as I started to reconnect to that, um, I compare it to before I was running around with a glass trying to catch raindrops or water drops from other people, trying to get my glass filled half full. And it was almost like a scarcity thing, like, oh, I can't, if I lose one, then I'm going to have to, you know, always keep it half full. And what happened was when I connected and got quiet and listened to my inner, you know, guidance and just, and I couldn't just sit and listen and have it come on me. I had to take steps into, out of my comfort zone and I had to take um, opportunities as they came and I had to seek out opportunities on occasion. But the more I did that, the more I connected, all of a sudden I found the, the waterworks inside of my own body and I could, you know, turn on the fountain and now I just tap into the source and I'm my own fountain. That's what it feels like to me, and it's a beautiful feeling, don't you think? I do. Yeah. I do. I feel like that's. I think I, I truly believe that's what life's about. Like yeah. that is when you feel abundance, and that's when we can fill ourselves up, and then we can radiate from that place of abundance. Yay! Oh, that's exciting. Goodness. I love that metaphor that you used. Isn't it? It's just I was sitting there one day, like I feel like I'm a fountain, and it just it's it's literally how I feel. So yeah, it makes me excited to even talk about it. Um, so with my program, again, it's, it's called finding your voice and it's, um, the V stands for value, you know, just figuring out who you are and you were talking about, you do, you know, self-care and you've done personal work and, um, what other kinds of, of work have you done and how do you stay connected to the value of who you are? You know, I, I'm a big believer in personal development and I feel like if we have a heartbeat, then (laughs) I'm going to be doing some personal development. Um, and I think that, I think one of the biggest challenges that people face in what I've seen, either in the counseling practice or even in my coaching practice, is that um, we tend to get ourselves in the way. We tend to self-sabotage our success. We tend to, um, you know, get in the negativity trap where, you know, it's doom and gloom and we get what I call stuck in the muck. And I think that is, I think that's for a lot of people. And I, I personally was there. Like I, I remember, you know, it felt like months that I would be at this place. And, and I, I really had to do the work on myself in order to figure out like, how do I get from, you know, I call it the stuck in the muck and how do I get out to this, my zone of brilliance? And how do I do that in a quicker fashion each time? And how do I lose it and how do I gain it? Um, in my book, I talk a lot about this concept and, and I, I used to believe that, you know, being in the zone of brilliance was where I was supposed to be. And that's where we're all supposed to be, right? We're supposed to be happy and joyful all the time, right? There's so much um, media attention for about the happy, you know, you have the happiest advantage and the happiness project. And it's all about this. 
And I, what I realized is, yes, it's important to be happy and be in that place when you're feeling authentically happy. Um, but more importantly is that those cross sections between how do we lose it and how do we gain it? And what is that cross section and what happens in our lives when we lose it and how do we gain it back? And so I just perfected the art and now when I lose it, right, it's like five minutes. And then I'm like, okay, here it is. Um, and what I think the other thing that has been kind of the, the side effect to this is when things happen that I feel like there was something that, that happened just recently in the office and um, I'm like, I'm like, okay, we're, we're all gonna be okay. Like it's, it's okay. And it's just like a, a different, I don't have to go into like this, I don't have to spiral out of control. I can be in control of my emotions and my feelings and not have it be like just completely out of control um, in that place, so. That's amazing. Um, can you share with us just one or two of those things that you do that get you to, through that crossroads? That's what you call it, right? A crossroads yeah. quickly, more quickly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that um, I, I talk, so in my book, I talk a lot about different tools and I just, I love giving, equipping people with tools because if they have the tools, then they can create and manifest really quickly in their lives, as long as they're out of their head trash and out of their self-sabotage. But um, one of the tools that I love using, and it really um, helps eliminate that, that negative self-talk that we get into the place of, because what happens is for a lot of people is they, they have an experience, they either respond or react. If they react to that certain reaction, they're, they're gonna start spiraling. Okay, oh yeah, they're gonna start spiraling. And then what happens in the brain, and you're familiar with this, um, there's a reticulating activation system. That part in our brain is gonna scan the environment and find evidence. And the neat thing about this part of the brain is either it's gonna scan it and find positive or it's gonna scan it and find negative. And if we're spiraling down here, from a vibrational standpoint, it's going to attract at the same level of what we're creating, and it's not great, okay? <laughs> so it's going to find out and seek out the evidence, right? And then it's going to reinforce um, whatever that messaging is. And a lot of times when people are spiraling, it's I'm not good. It usually comes back to a core belief, which is something like this. I'm not blank enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not you know, good enough, whatever that is, and it gets reinforced. And then we're down in the, you know, down in the dumps again. Um, and then it's a hard time for us to build, dig out of that. Because when we, when we look around, we're like, well, this is falling apart. This is not going the way I want it to, you know, I'm being yelled at over here. I'm not doing this good enough. Like, right. And so it's really hard. And so I have to tell people like, we have got to stop that. Like, and so, so when a negative thought comes in, right. What happens is it finds that evidence and it becomes almost like um, like cancer. It starts spreading. And then pretty soon it comes into a belief system, right? Um, so what I tell people is when a negative thought comes in, I give them this tool. And so for the listeners that are listening right now, grab a pen and paper and write this down. This is like gold, okay? <laughs> um, so when a negative thought comes in is you say this, this phrase, interesting point of view that I have this interesting point of view. And you're gonna say that three times. So it's gonna look like this. Um, hopefully, will they see some video too, or just this audio? It's just audio, but we can, yeah. Okay. I can I can find a way to add the so, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, um, so the, the thought comes in and then, you know, and then we start to cancel it. Interesting point of view that I have this interesting point of view. Interesting point of view that I have this preview. Interesting point of view that I have this preview. And it like, it's a cancellation button, if you will. 
And then what I love telling people is let's, let's open up the energy back up again and let's open, let's ask an open question. Like, for example, like what else is possible? What else can we create and generate right now? Right. And so we start to open that back up. And what happens is, is we start shifting that, those thoughts. Now, um, if we think about the iceberg, um, the 10% of the um, iceberg that we can see to the uh, naked eye, um, let's look at that as like the conscious thought. Now, everything else below the water is subconscious and unconscious thought. So, and most of that, okay, that's the other 90%, right? Most of that um, is negative thoughts. And so, you know, we have anywhere from 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day, okay? Um, and only 2,000 are conscious. I tell people, the interesting point of view, let's do it 10,000 times a day. I kind of half kid, but there's so much um, negativity that's, that's kind of like the, the NASDAQ ticker that's always going in our brains. It's never shutting off. And so the more we do that, the more we cancel it out, and we can kind of silence our brain from that negativity and, and fill it up with the things that we do enjoy and do desire and create, if that makes sense. It does. I love it. It's, yeah. it's fun how similar I had a one tool that I have is affirmations and I used to not really be a fan of affirmations. I, I believed in the idea of them. I saw yeah. them work for people, but for me it was kind of a fight within myself. And so, um, as I was working on my self talk, I had heard from the outliers how they say, you know, um, you do something 10,000 times to become a master at it. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe if I repeat my app, my affirmations 10,000 times, I'll be a master at my affirmations. And so I committed to doing it um, 500 times a day for 20 days. And it, it was really cool how it worked. And I recorded myself saying it and I listened to it, you know, myself. And then I turned on music that actually had words that matched my affirmations. Anyway, I it does just, it. yeah, just creating those, getting those intentional thoughts um, so loud and overwhelming that they kind of start to, you know, impress and silence the subconscious mind. Yeah, I love it so much. And, you know, I love that because I do something similar where, um, whenever I learn a new tool, I always want to see immediate results. So I'll do that tool over and over and over and over during the day. And if I start seeing results with it, I'm like, okay, this has some, mm -hmm. I like this. Right. Some merit, yeah. Um, one day I was doing the, what contribution can I be and receive today? And I was just asking like, what contribution? So when I do this before like networking events or, um, you know, wherever I'm showing up to, I'm like, what contribution can I be and receive today? And I just kept doing this. And it was so interesting. I was at my office and at one point I probably did it around 50 to 60 times. And at one point I, I hopped out of my office and, um, there was, a and, and they have not done this since it's been like five years. Um, they, there was a bakery shop down the way that they came in and baked five um, huge chocolate chip cookies mm. and they put them on our front desk they enjoy and I was like that was really cool so then um, about two hours later I kept saying you know what contribution can I be and receive today and um, I popped out like two hours later and then actually a friend of mine actually had it filmed that oh um, it's a little figurine that she's a she's an attorney but mm. she like makes these little figurines and so she made me one and, and dropped it off with my my work and then like wow. a little bit later I did that I kept doing it kept doing it and then um, later, about three or four hours later, my husband had stopped by and dropped off um, a concert ticket and had put on the sticky date night. And I was like, oh my goodness, like it was just a cool. So I, I agree when people learn new tools or new techniques, you know, practice them, see the results. Um, Cause I think sometimes we give up too quickly um, yeah. before we see the results. 
We really do. I call it, um, that. I call it creating proof. So when you're talking about the the RAS, um, I like that. Yeah, it's which which thought do I want to allow my reticular activating system to expand upon? And so, um, and it's so it's so cool to. I love how the synergy in principles and how we might explain them in different ways, but the principle is the same. And so you talked earlier about. Um, what did you say? I lost my train of thought because I was looking at it. I could have just told you. Oh, um, getting ourselves out of our own way and that we do get in our own way a lot. Um, I had a I had a mentor years ago that had said, you know, what's in the way is the way. And I understood what he was saying, but at the same time, I, it was just really confusing to me. And the more that I started to invest in personal development, I started noticing all of the things that I was afraid of that were holding me back and that were keeping me stuck in my negative thoughts and, you know, creating that confirmation bias of all the negative stuff in my life. And so then your second thing that you say is getting out of your comfort zone and playing outside of that comfort zone, enjoying the life outside of the comfort zone. And so I started realizing that my fears were in the way and the only way to get through them was to go through them. They were, yeah. they were the way. And so I love that. And I love, I say all the time, my favorite feeling now, I'm addicted to the feeling on the other side of my fear. So um, anyway, I love all of that. Yeah. But the more we do that, the more we create what, proof, what, right? What adventure would you go on then? Right? You know, if, if I, I started doing this, a couple, um, I don't know, probably, probably close to 10 years ago. I, you know that, you know when you get out of your comfort zone and you have like this intense, like the intense, uh, just the adrenaline, right? Whether that's making a choice or you just, you can feel it in your body, right? And so I committed to myself. I was like, you know what? How can I get, make this feeling um, feel okay all the time? Mm-hmm. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to write down all the things I'm afraid of and all the things that seem scary to me and I'm just going to go do them. And so now it's just been like this, so it's, it's called my adventure list. And mm-hmm. so so I feel like I'm, it, when people look at that, they probably say I'm a, a, a drilling junkie. Um, and yes, I am to some degree, but really I, I've done it to really just get used to that feeling and having being completely flooded with adrenaline and completely flooded with this excitement and, and whether we, you know, whether I perceive it as fear, but I'm always perceiving it as excitement. Opportunity and so, excitement, yeah. Yeah, so we, the next time, we need to like, um, are you gonna be at conference this year? I am, in July at the EW, the E-Women Network Conference, yeah. Oh, fantastic, I we should uh, we should connect and talk about an adventure that we could do together. That would um, be really fun, what a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and anybody that wants to join us. And like, you know, like I've, I've raced um, race cars and, it was terrifying going around so fast, but then when you pass people, it's like, wow, how cool! And skydived, and and um, gosh, all these. I'm just trying to think of some other things, zip lines, and and you know, like now I'm getting so comfortable with it that that's my norm, new normalcy. You know, yeah. and so every time we get out of that comfort zone, you're right, we expand it and we grow it. Um, and someone asked me the other day, they're like, well, Terry, you are like so my niece and nephew. Your heart. They they call me crazy Aunt Terry, and I was like, I took a kind of offense to it at one point. I'm like, why do you guys call me crazy Aunt Terry? And they said, well, because you're crazy. And I'm like, what does that mean to you? And they're like, well, you try new things, you eat lots of different weird food, you go do weird things, you 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 know, you're always pushing the limits, you're always you know signing up for things that are really adventurous and really outside the box. 
And I said, okay, if that's what makes me crazy, Aunt Terry, I will accept that, you know, and I will oh, love it. Yes. You know? um, because um, we have this ongoing joke with my, my family is whenever they come out, whenever they come out to Colorado to visit us, um, they have to do one small thing to get out of their comfort zone. I don't, I don't make that, um, I don't tell them what they have to do. They get to come up with it. And because it's a standard rule at my house, That's awesome. <laughs> they all know when they come to my house, they have to, they, and so funny enough, they think about this, right? So they'll think like if they're coming for, you know, they know they're coming three months, they will start thinking about what they're going to do to get outside their comfort zone, which I think is lovely. It is. Um, and That's so then they'll spend that by the time they get to here they're like okay this is what we're gonna do and this is a com- and this is what gets me out of comfort zone I'm like great and so my mom started out coming out and we just do different foods and then we went from different foods to different adventures and whitewater rafting and zip lining and then two years ago she came out um, and we went skydiving um and so i would now it's it's neat to see her like blossom and grow um outside that place and and she's not afraid to do things that she used to be afraid of doing because now we've given permission that I can do this and I'll be okay yeah so. you still feel it but you don't stop yourself from doing it because it feels so good on the other side ah it's yeah. amazing yeah yeah someone asked me the other day like well like your comfort zone like where, do you have a comfort zone and I truly believe that we all still have a comfort zone even though we have we push it a lot and so for yourself like continuing to push out your comfort zone I believe that I still have a comfort zone mm-hmm. and um, I keep pushing it. Right. And, you know, when I'm aware of like, Oh, I'm, I'm just kind of relaxing and, you know, not really pushing things. I'm like, hmm, okay, let's take a look at this. And, and yeah. even if it's something small or silly um, that you're doing during your day, that gets yourself outside that, you know, comfort zone or um, so I believe that I'm always constantly pushing it. Um, I'm just getting more comfortable with, you know, with pushing it. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because human beings, I believe, I mean, that whole need for homeostasis, we have it, it it's built into us to have a comfort zone. Yeah. So the, the bigger we expand that, the more places we're able to be comfortable so we can actually enjoy life, you know, m- more bigly, what was I going to say, <laughs> more yeah. largely. Yeah. 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 And I think every time we get out of our comfort zone, um, you know, the other side effect, if you will, is, you know, we get exposed to different things, different people, different, different foods, different, whatever it is. Um, and we just, we get to grow that repertoire, um, even more fully. And we get to experience like new things that we'd never think of that we'd like or experience. Um, and every time we get out of our comfort zone, I always think about like how our brain, like, you know, we can, we can see up to a hundred or 180 degrees. Right. And so every time we get out of our comfort zone, whether it's driving a new way home or, you know, going to a new restaurant, we're exposing our brain to other possibilities that live outside that. And so some of my greatest like friendships and connections have happened on like the airplane or just randomly, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, some people, I still stay in contact with many people that I've met on the airplane and they've flown in. I've done workshops. It's just been, it's, it's neat to like mm-hmm. be able to, to expose ourselves to more opportunities, um, just by getting, you know, uncomfortable with the unknown. Yes. Sorry. Comfortable with the unknown. Comfortable with the unknown. Yes. Living in the unknown zone. That's so fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. We could have probably a two hour long um, conversation and probably still not be done. How exciting. And I have um, just one more thing you mentioned, you know, even just if it's a little thing, 
the little things for me have been my most transformational because they're not little at all. They're like seem little on the outside, but on the inside, there's a huge emotional attachment. You know, my first, well, not my first, but one of my first was just wearing my hair up. It was crazy, but I've told the story on the podcast before, but yeah, it was huge and it really did something to change me. So I always tell everyone there's no such thing as too small. So you weren't wearing your hair up before? I wouldn't wear it up in front of ever, but even like if I would put it up for a minute to um, get my hair out of my face if I was cleaning or something, I could only do that if nobody was home. And if my husband walked in or my kids walked in, I'd pull it down. It was crazy. Um, And it's real. So I always tell everyone there's no such thing as too small. So don't think it's silly. I mean, that's the very thing that could change your life. So yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Those, you know, small things that we can change. Um, and it gives us permission, like, right? Like, then it gets reinforced and says, we're okay. Um, so if I take this little tiny step, I think I, I would agree with you. Those little steps are even sometimes more transformational because it's giving us permission to build up to those bigger things. Um, I so agree. I or for me too, yeah. like, it's kind of like the iceberg because it might seem little on the outside, but the big part is all the underneath stuff. So, yeah, and yeah. it's giving yourself permission to, yeah. you know, be okay with doing something different. So, being yeah. okay, and that leads to your owning. That's how you own your own happiness, right? Yeah, like that. owning. Well, taking ownership and and um, I'm a big believer in we are responsible and and um, we get to choose. You know, we we make around thirty thousand choices a day, and. Um, we get to make a choice, and I, I do believe it's a choice. And um, you know, we always talk about you know taking ownership for that happiness, and you know, how do we show up to things, and how are we are we rea- reacting to something, or are we responding to something? Um, and you know, looking at the outcome, is that the outcome that we that, that we truly desire, and what can we change within us to change it to that desired outcome that we desire? Um, and it's really truly up to us, and that's. That's where I think it's a pretty powerful message to think of how powerful we truly are. It's true. I love that. And even even on days that I make a choice to maybe wallow a little bit or to be ornery, I know that it's my own choice. And so even those days are great days to me. Like before I would feel stuck and now it's like, nope, I'm choosing to yeah. lay low today or to, you know, have a little bit of an attitude yeah. or whatever. And I know it's my choice, so I, I get over it a lot more quickly. So it is. It's all a choice. It's amazing. Um, I have a couple more questions for you because I'm so intrigued by, um, you said with your book, you've been on TV and radio shows about your book, which, what are some of those that you can share with us and how is, is that a comfort zone thing as well? Oh my gosh, that's so uncomfortable. Um, you know what? Okay. I'll, I'll peel back the curtains for a bit. So, um, Talk about earlier. You had said something about like um, where the transformation happens when we are present, you know, with that. So I never wanted to public speak, ever, <laughs> ever. Okay, big capital I. Um, I was held back in second grade. I was diagnosed with dyslexia. Um, I really had a learning, um, a learning disability, and was very challenging. And um, I had so much shame around that. Um, I grew up in a small town, and so with my when my, um, all my kid, all my friends went on to, you know, third grade and I stayed back, it was, I can't even tell you how devastating that was. Wow, yeah. um, and I, and it was at that very moment in my life, I shrunk down as small as you can get. And I wanted to stay as small 
and invisible as I could because I was so embarrassed, so shame, uh, just so full, filled with shame. And um, so I never wanted to speak and it, speaking was very challenging for me. And so I remember just reading out loud and how, how awful it was and kids would snicker and if I flipped words or if I couldn't pronounce a word right or, um, and I just shrunk so terribly small. And I remember that experience led me when I was a sixth grader, I said, I was so extraordinarily shy and so, you know, you just talk about finding your voice, right? I had to find my voice. And um, I remember being in sixth grade going, I am absolutely terrified. Um, and I am so extraordinarily shy. And there was something in me, right, that was driving me and saying, okay, Terry, you, you, you got to figure this out. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to sign up for the only thing that you cannot be shy in. And so guess what that was? <laughs> it was cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so I, it was brutal. You had to go in front of the high school and you had to try out. And even though I had a small high school, I mean, people will laugh, I had 100 in my high school. When you're a seventh grader trying out in front of that, or a sixth grader trying out for the seventh grade, and then you had five professional, um, you know, folks, um, cheerleaders there to, to be judges, terrifying, absolutely yeah. terrifying. I'm sure. Um, well. And I started like pushing the envelope. And, um, and then I was, and then further along in my life, I, um, um, you know, I was told, you know, um, uh, what was it? I was at, a, I was at a, about 10, 15 years ago, I was at an agency and I was working and they wanted me to speak to the small, um, a, uh, a small, um, do a small workshop. And um, they said, there's gonna be like 10 people. And I was like, of course I'll do it. And this is like on a Wednesday and then the event's on Friday. Well, the school loved it so much that they said, you know what, we actually have um, an in-school service this day. Is it okay that we have her come and speak to the whole school district? You know, and there was 110 people in a gymnasium with a stage, with a microphone. Wow. And instead of being like 15 to 20 minutes, it's gonna be like an hour. I, I want I like wanted to shoot myself I was like so like terrified um and I got up and did it and the first 10 minutes was awful and then after that I got into my zone and I was like oh my goodness I love this very next day I rolled into Toastmasters wow. and so I've been speaking yeah. since then speaking and in and now doing podcasts and not having you know like not having a script or not having some you know you know to it has been absolutely, this is, this year has been kind of one of these years of um, getting outside that comfort zone. And so bringing me up to being on TV and radio and podcasts, um, but it, but it takes practice, right? And so I'm, I'm getting so much more comfortable um, with being on these. And, and now I, I don't even think about it. So today, honestly, I was like, oh yeah, I have this podcast in like 10 minutes. I should probably hop on and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. Get ready for her. Like you make sure that I'm, I'm you know, so it's just, it's again one of those things that you know it's constantly you know pushing yourself out and practicing you know what you're not comfortable doing i and love that i love that i have a second witness and i know i don't have a second witness there are so many people that would say the same thing but i just love to hear people say practice that comfort zone or getting out of it and so there's another yeah. um for anybody who works with me i'm not the only one i'm gonna other people are going to tell you the same thing yay that's really awesome i really yeah. really love that and how exciting. I mean, look at all the opportunities and the credentials and the energy that you have and all the people's lives that you're touching. You just really have a, a beautiful presence. And, you know, just think, what if, you know, what if you had chosen 
not to step outside of your comfort zone in second grade and in sixth grade and you know yeah. what what a light the world would be missing you know um yeah, that's so sweet. Uh, it's it's the truth i mean my, my computer screen is glowing um how do people get a hold of you if they wanted to you know learn more about what you do or work with you yeah they can the best way to connect with me is um to go to my website, it's www.talkingwithterry, spelled T-E-R-I.com. Um, I also do a um, Tuesday night Facebook Live at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And so they can always jump on there. Um, and I'm always giving tools and tips. Um, and I think it's a fun time. So um, it's, it's a great time for everyone to be a part of. So those are the two best ways to connect with me and, and stay involved. Great, and your Facebook is, is just Terry Cardula? Yes, they okay. can just go to Terry Cardula. I have um, I have the Terry Cardula, which is my, um, what do you call it, the fan page, and, and, then, they, and then they have um, the Talking with Terry as well. Oh, rock on. Okay, we will put those in the show notes for people to be able to access those. My final question, and I ask this to everybody, and I kind of feel like this whole podcast has been about good news. But I really, um, one of the dreams that I had, even as a young kid, was to just spread the good news and to be one of those newspapers that you read that was all good. And so I ask all of my guests, tell me some good news from your corner of the world that you can share with everybody else. You know, I think um, I just recently launched launched our book that happened in February, so that's very new. Um, And I have to tell you that that was um, a six-year-in-the-making project. Um, and so that's been a fantastic news. And then honestly, like, you know, having Jack Canfield write the forward um, to it was, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. He yeah. has over a hundred requests per week um, of what I've been told by his staff. And, um, and he rarely writes forwards anymore um, because he was supersonic busy. And, yeah. you know, I think that that really puts in um, be a testament of, you know, the work that I do and the energy tools that I teach people is, you know, I'm always looking for the evidence and, you know, something that seemed really unattainable at the time. Um, it was a, like a dream come true. And honestly, someone had said, well, Terry, and they know this person, it came from someone that knows Jack very, very well. And she goes, she said, Terry, she's like, I would look for a plan B. And I said, you know what? I have plan A or I have plan A. That's what I got. And so... <laughs> And so that's what I told her. I said, I, I don't got, I, I don't, I haven't put any thought into plan B and, and nor will I. And so wow. um, that was a fun win um, and an exciting um, celebration for me on this end. That is. And it's great news for everyone else too, that when you are serious about your vision and your mission and your dream and you're serious and you have a plan A or a plan A, my daughter says that all the time. <laughs> I have, I have very, um, very dreamy kids. I mean, they dream and they're very intentional. They, they have big dreams and all of them say the same thing. I have a plan A and that's about it. So there's well, no other for option. You, that is, that's, that's the power of the magic that you're creating for your kids is that, you know, look, you're, you're giving them the, the world is open, you know, and the possibilities are endless. And so I love it. So good yeah. for you. I it love um, talking to moms and that moms are like in the same alignment with you know teaching it to our kids yeah we're gonna like have some powerhouse kids right and the kids these days are so incredible just a lot of power right there that's a lot of good news in itself a whole other podcast for that 
But thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you so much for being here. I've had so much fun getting to know you, and I look forward to getting to know you better and doing something courageous together sometime. Yes, yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Yay, thanks, thank Terry. Bye. Dare to find your voice. This is the EWN Podcast Network.